the clients, the, the people that we, the companies that we work with um, and do design for, you know, often they come to us um, trying to solve a problem, which is like, well, we know we need to redesign this thing. And I think it just needs to look better. Um, that's the that's the problem they're trying to overcome. So many people have complained about it at that point, or they've they're so frustrated with it that they they have to do something. So they're already ready to like cross over into that unknown world. And it's then like in in the hero's journey, the hero emerges on the other side of the story um, with basically a new outlook on the world and realizing that solving the problem that they had at the beginning wasn't the answer, that something else was the answer instead. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of CX Insider. Today's episode is focused on user experience and more specifically, the power of storytelling in designing UX. I talked to Chris Ashby, UX designer and founder of We Are Heroes, who will tell you why stories can be a great tool in designing UX. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to rate our podcast on Spotify. Chris Ashby is a founder of a UX agency called We Are Heroes that offers a unique approach to designing user experience. Chris loves stories. He is a sci-fi enthusiast who looks at life through the lens of archetypal journeys, hence the name We Are Heroes. Today, Chris gives you advice on how companies should manage their UX to achieve desired goals and deliver a nice, smooth and seamless user experience. More importantly, we later on dive into the topic of storytelling and we'll try to understand how exactly it can help enhance your UX. Storytelling has recently gained a massive momentum, to a point it became a bit of a buzzword. That's why we invited an expert to tell us the hidden potential of this tool. But first, let's start with Chris's personal story. At the beginning of 2021, I lost my job during the pandemic and then ended up freelancing for a bunch of different startups at the time. And it kind of became apparent working for startups and small businesses that were kind of very resource strapped. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of time. They had a lot of ideas that they were struggling to find design designers, more specifically on the user experience and the product design side that would fit into their business. Either they were ending up going with... Um, agencies that were very expensive for long-term contracts with large retainers and it, and it didn't work out very well for them or it was very very costly um, or they were trying to find freelancers through various different methods and because those freelancers were just coming in and, and you know um, I was hiring you know freelancers in some of those instances as well they were just coming in for individual projects or for a few days or for a couple of weeks they weren't getting the full kind of backstory or the detail behind the product um, and the business goals and, and everything to do with the business. So they were working at a very surface level and not very strategically. And I think what startups kind of needed really was that strategic input um, like you would get from a, from a high-end agency, but without the cost overhead um, and also with the flexibility to kind of bring in more resource when you need it and then kind of tail like taper that off um, when you don't need it as much and so our service kind of fits that niche specifically the second part 
obviously, which I think we'll get onto a bit later, of why I wanted to start my own business was because um, basically I'm a massive uh, storytelling nerd. So um, I have read tons and tons of stuff about storytelling. I love stories, uh, a big fan of uh, movies. I read a ton of fiction as well as nonfiction as well. Um, and I think that's super useful. I know people love to like love nonfiction and it's and it's all about nonfiction for like productivity and all of that stuff. But I think there's a lot to learn from great stories and fiction uh, as well. And I kind of saw that there was a lot of parallels between designing a user experience or designing like a user journey through a product and um, stories um, and that I wanted to create something um specifically around that as well and and i think the way that we've kind of approached that um with a lot of startups that we've worked with has had a really positive impact um with them when it comes to designing ux the very first thing that comes to my mind is should companies invest into an ongoing ux research these projects can become very costly but in 2022 not dealing with ux pain points can cost you even more yeah, I think that's a really good point because, uh, and again, this is part of the perception that people have about uh, design or when they're kind of paying, thinking about paying for design as, as something they need in their business um, and not knowing really what it's going to impact or, or, or what that's going to do for their business in the long term. Really, I think um, it, it's a change in mindset from thinking about design as just a single one-off project where you say, okay, redesign the website. Uh, because we want it to look better or even because you know we're trying to impact a specific metric it may be like very objective orient like orientated um but to change that from basically kind of ongoing effort to iteratively improve and i think specifically in the case of um high growth and growing startups when they don't have a lot of time they don't have a lot of money it's really about narrowing down that focus to the one, two or three things that are going to have the biggest impact and we have the most confidence in. And if we don't have confidence, testing and researching and speaking to users to raise the confidence level so that we can then go out and spend the, the money on development or whatever it is to actually build that solution um, and working kind of through those um, iteratively over time because you can do like a whole big new um, products or website or uh, or everything really and try and do it all at once because um, I think that's the kind of perception of what a design project is really. But a better way to approach that is to kind of take pride out and take pride and ego out of the equation a little bit and just really focus on like those small instances that are going to make a noticeable difference and not just to the business from a, in terms of you know increasing revenue and whatever but also on the users like on the user side um so that they can like find what they're looking for or um enjoy the experience of using that product a little bit better and there's so many intangible like things there that you can't measure as well um that just happens from taking that pro taking that approach to design where you um, increase the retention, um, customer lifetime value, um, all of that stuff. And it has a knock-on effect on customer experience uh, as well. Once companies decide to hire a UX designer, they often come with different perceptions of what they think they want to achieve, which aren't always the right goals. So I asked Chris if he could provide you with the most common mistakes companies do. 
the most common the most common thing that especially smaller businesses and growing businesses do that don't necessarily have like a design experience or design skill set themselves on the founder side is to kind of see design as a purely uh, visual medium or like an aesthetic aesthetically driven medium whereas design really is like the foundation of it is about solving problems for a specific end result um, and so the mo- the biggest area that a lot of companies kind of overlook when look at when when kind of thinking about user experience design or just design in general is um, not thinking about it I guess in as a as a way of solving a problem in their business so they would kind of see it as like the polish on top um, of the um, kind of meat and potatoes underneath that is actually the business working but really design especially on the experience side for digital like driven businesses and businesses that are driven by digital products as well um, is really key to driving all of those business kind of goals and objectives and I think once it's a really often at the beginning of when we start working with a client is when it was we'll kind of take a different approach to design that wasn't what they were thinking for like a small project like a homepage redesign or a, or a website optimizing something on their website and they'll see that process slightly differently to maybe working with other designers that they've worked with in the past where that would be something where they want a really nice looking homepage we'll come at it from the point of view of okay well this part here is going to affect going to affect this metric this is going to impact this business goal we know you're trying to accomplish x y and z and i think even though that is like a really common thought process especially for for bigger companies and enterprise who have big teams of ux designers and um, ux researchers and ui designers and all of these different niches within like product design really for smaller companies and growing companies just seeing that different approach can have can really change their mindset about how to kind of use design and approach design in their business. That's really where we kind of come in. That's really the turning point, I think. And that's really the biggest oversight and the biggest like benefit for them when they actually see that it can drive kind of their business, business goals and business objectives. In the following examples, Chris talks about two instances of successful redesign and how this uncovered underlying issues which were creating obstacles in the user journey. When I was at BrewDog previously, we um, redesigned their, we fit, we found, we realized that people were struggling to actually find the right products on the website or struggling to understand the differences between the products on the website. And, what, and, and make a decision on what they wanted to buy. There's hundreds of different types of beers um, and really people just came on with the idea that we just want to, I just want a box of beer and there's a hundred different options for me to choose from. Which one do I even go for? Their mobile menu at the time was just a list of different items and links to different places. And what we realized after going through uh, research and then putting together this new version of this menu design was that a lot of the time people were just saying things like, oh, well, I know I like the blue one. They didn't even know the name of the product. So writing the name of the product was was almost useless. So we kind of, you kind of start from the point of view of um, what's the objective here? Well, we're trying to help more people find a product they want and actually go on and then buy. What's the solution to that? Well, there's several points in the journey that are going to have an impact on that on that decision. What's the biggest, the biggest impact area 
and 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 what's the what like where's our biggest opportunity basically to impact that we focused on the mobile now the mobile menu on the website we changed that to use images of the products to highlight the best sellers to pull out specific promotions to use images in the navigation rather than just a list of a list of links um, and to actually showcase add some to add some context to some of those areas in the menu as well so this is a really like easy way for a lot of websites to help people to click through to different parts of the website or different products to help people to, to navigate to different parts of the product is where you have just a title and you're expecting people to click on it is to add a bit of text underneath that that explains what it is so they had a few different ranges of products that were um, like headliners, um, for example, um, seasonal, but people didn't really know what that meant. Like they knew what it meant internally um, in terms of the range of products they were offering. But when people clicked on it, they just needed to know that seasonal was like, okay, flavored beers that are offered at a specific time of year for a limited time period. Now I can make a decision about buying it. Another really good example actually as well uh, is so we did some work for a company called Alva who does um, menopause treatment and specifically hormone replacement therapy they had an online um, consultation so you could go on their website complete the consultation put in your symptoms and um, some medical information and it would come out with recommendations on treatment for you and the dosage etc what they wanted to do and part of the work that we did was to increase the number of people who were booking teleconsultations um, at the end of that consultation. They were finding that a lot, the more people that booked teleconsultations went on to purchase the treatment because they had spoken to a doctor in person and there, there was a higher level of trust. But people who were going through that consultation weren't actually booking a teleconsultation. We used the kind of storytelling approach there a little bit and it wasn't necessarily about looking at the end of that journey, the end of the consultation where the problem was happening. It was about kind of viewing the whole journey a bit more uh, broadly. And what we found that actually is we, that they weren't setting the expectation with the user at the beginning of the journey, right when they landed on the website to say that the teleconsultation was something that would happen after they took the online consultation. And so by just mentioning it, at the beginning as part of that experience um, and redesigning the landing page and the beginning of the consultation to say you're going to get a teleconsultation at the end of this met, like loads more people started booking it, it, it pretty much doubled um, the numbers that they were getting through there which is great finally we're getting to the part where chris explains to me why storytelling is such a powerful technique you know that this field is extremely popular in today's day and age and business literature is becoming oversaturated with books about corporate storytelling strategic narratives storytelling for personal branding there's even a book called corporate storytelling for dummies and common sense and logic give you an idea of how it's used but you know every good story has more layers and the same applies to UX. People think that storytelling is um, like this really fluffy thing that like a lot of agencies just say because it's like a really, it's like a buzzword. It's a cool thing to say that you do like you take a storytelling approach to creative, uh, to creative work. Um, but storytelling, when you get really like uh, down to it and how it applies to user experience as well, 
storytelling is built around uh, principles and those principles and uh, frameworks, and there are tons and tons of them, um, tap into um, how we interpret the world as human beings uh, psychologically, how we interpret the world around us, how we make sense of everything. And in terms of user experience, you think about user experience as a, a journey for a user through a digital product or a website um, as a part of the kind of cut the broader customer experience. There is uh, a start point and an end point, a beginning and a conclusion, and there is the middle part of that as well. So there's there's tons of ways to kind of apply those principles directly to the user experience. And what I had kind of found reading through this before was that actually a lot of really kind of powerful frameworks within storytelling. So if you think about like the hero's journey or the three act structure as like the as like the main ones, basically, all of the points within those frameworks kind of existed in a user journey. So if you the basic way of seeing it when you think about the three act structure is uh, that's often described as like beginning, middle and end. But it, I think it's actually better to see the three act structure. And this is something that uh, Brian McDonald talks about in his book and in the podcast he does with Belief Agency uh, called, uh, I think it's called You Are a Storyteller. He talks about the three act structure being proposal, argument and conclusion. I think that's a really good way of looking at an experience and uh, designing an experience. And it's really how like everything is framed in our lives. So even even at a conversational level, I think like this is how they talk about it in the podcast is like a conversation is a proposal that you're making. So like, oh, we had a really great barbecue at the weekend. You make an argument for it. Well, we had this food at the barbecue. Uh, my, my best friend was there. He had come down to see me and he's staying for the weekend. And then the conclusion, which is really where you just say the proposal again and the best stories the conclusion matches the proposal and so you'll just go so yeah it was a great barbecue it's like you're telling a story just in a conversation that's how we talk uh, normally the study of brand storytelling became a center of interest in the 90s you might have heard of the 12 brand archetypes that consumers are constantly embodying and how adoption of these ar archetypes can create a stronger and more persuasive relationship there's been quite a number of studies conducted on this topic, and in the context of UX, Chris primarily focuses on one character, Hero. I mean, the Hero's Journey is the most well-known storytelling framework, probably. It's the one that Pixar uses in every single movie that they do, as well as Disney and uh, like countless other films, TV shows. Like I watched Squid Game uh, recently, and that uses the hero's journey structure through the whole season it's uh, beat for beat exactly the same but the hero's journey really is taking the way that we behave and overcome obstacles in real life as human beings and putting it into a story format um, and that was something that so the hero's journey comes from the monomyth which is something that joseph campbell wrote about in a book called a hero with a thousand faces which looks at all myths from um, tons of different mythologies and the underlying root story that lies at the foundation of all of that. And there's kind of, I think, like 12 or 13 steps through this um, story structure. But you go through them all 
when you're you know researching a company of trying to find something to buy just making that decision to cross over into like buying it and engaging with the brand and then all of the things that come with that so like a really interesting part of that to look at just to like explain briefly the first the first part of the hero's journey really involves the hero coming up against a problem which they refuse they 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 don't they don't want to overcome they put it off and this is like something that we all do in life as well you'll have like okay well i need to i need to sort this out i know i need to do it but i just keep putting it off until i don't need to then in the hero's journey they get to a point where the problem is so big or something something really bad happens where they can no longer ignore it they have to address that is the thing that tips them over to like okay i need to go out and do something about this and so suddenly like um your injury gets worse and you need to like make a doctor's appointment right now or the um bin overflows and you need to empty the bin right now it's no longer something that you can kind of put off then there's like the call to adventure once they once they kind of choose to address that and they then kind of move over into what's known in the hero's journey as like the 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 unknown world or like the secret world and that's where they start to go through that's kind of where a lot of user experience stuff kind of starts so it's about a user kind of navigating their way through these different obstacles to try and overcome a problem that they now have to solve and so your job really there is to kind of address all of their fears help them along the way there's this figure in the hero's journey called the wise guide or the mentor and so really we see like the act of designing a user experience as trying to be like the wise guide for the hero as the user and you're helping them overcome the obstacles in the easiest uh, the most enjoyable the most frictionless way possible so that they can then accomplish their goal Okay, so I had to cut about five minutes of a completely unrelated talk about Squid Game, but the interesting point that came from the conversation is how many of us often set a goal to achieve and during that journey we end up changing the goal entirely or we find out it wasn't the right goal at all. The clients, the, the people that we, the companies that we work with um, and do design for, you know, often they come to us um, trying to solve a problem which is like, well, we know we need to redesign this thing and I think it just needs to look better. That's the that's the problem they're trying to overcome. So many people have complained about it at that point or they've, they're so frustrated with it that they, they have to do something. So they're already ready to like cross over into that unknown world. And it's then like in, in the hero's journey, the hero emerges on the other side of the story with basically a new outlook on the world and realizing that solving the problem that they had at the beginning wasn't the answer that something else was the answer instead and that's it's the same in squid game so he realized like the whole problem for him is like how can i get this money and then at the end you have this realization that the money was never going to solve the problem for you and that actually the lesson is something else completely different to that. And so the same with kind of uh, designing user experience and how we, we kind of approach 
design with the with the with the people that we work with is really that taking taking them and also help like helping their users but go on that journey from understanding that you know design isn't it's not just doing this one thing that's going to impact like your your brand or your website like visually it's actually a whole journey that has lots and lots of different steps and those will help you achieve something uh, else which will be increasing your conversion rate or improving your customer satisfaction and that we can do that measurably and um, through data research and testing and then the design work to actually accomplish those goals kind of more iteratively over time and that is the answer that you know we want to help people get to really in the end that's the kind of end of the story that we want to help them get to um I hope that you enjoyed today's non-traditional episode about storytelling and all these sorts of archetypal images that are flowing to the surface from our unconsciousness. And you also enjoyed Chris's insights about user experience. If you have any more questions, feel free to connect with him on LinkedIn and ask him anything that you like personally. Uh, there is a link to his profile provided in the episode description below. I would also like to ask you if you could give us a rating on Spotify. I know that you're listening to us on Spotify. We know about you. So please give us a rating. And before we finish, let's listen to some rapid fire questions. What's the worst user experience you can remember? Um, so I think the worst one I can remember I can't remember who it's from. It might have been like an a really like a cheap airline. Um, actually, to be fair, like probably the worst user experience off the top of my head is um, Booking dot com. Um, I'm gonna put I put them on blast a little bit, but just because it's it's a combination of so many um, bad practices in user experience in order to specifically just drive a sale and to increase user anxiety and to increase uh, like fear and frustration within a user in order to basically drive revenue for the business um and that's and and you know dark patterns within ui uh, within ux and uis are those that are specific specifically designed to confuse the user so any of those things other than that any instance of people saying please tick this box to not definitely receive marketing and then who knows do you tick it do you not tick it don't do that <laughs> i don't tick it no <laughs> <laughs> hamburger menu yes or no uh i think yes because it's and and i think it depends on the application so if you're going to use a hamburger menu make sure it's in the context that people understand what it's going to do Um, and if it's for users that you feel aren't going to understand what it's going to do, add text. And I would always say, if in doubt with iconography, add text. If it's ambiguous with iconography, add text. Even if you just add text for the first time the user sees it, because then you're setting the expectation with them that this is what it's going to do. And then they know that that's what it's going to do moving forwards. Are you aware of any UX trend right now that you're really not a fan of? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um, I think probably 
I would probably say like brutalist design uh, websites. I like the way they look, but really from a functional standpoint, a lot of the time, and again, this is about application, right? So if you have, if you have like an agency website or like a, basically like a, a kind of, not a magazine style website, but like, it's like a coffee table website, basically, if it's purely for like the purpose of exploring visual aesthetic and design and what the form of like digital products or like a website can be go for it but i've seen so many instances of um even branding just done to match this trend and it all ends up looking the same so it's just it just makes me think like the agency hasn't done their research properly they've just gone with whatever's popular right now 